0: Sometimes it's nice to hear about people's journeys in the sports world. We've developed this podcast to host folks who've experienced life through that lens to let them share their stories. So grab your favorite beverage and join us for Stories in Sports in the Coffee Pod. Today on the Coffee Pod... For uh, local sports stories, we have Todrick Gocher, uh, who's joining us today, which is awesome because he's really, really busy guy. I think this is maybe the fourth or fifth time we've tried scheduling this, and luckily we finally got it to work out this time. Uh, I mean, with golf season and everything, right? It's, <laughs> it's 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 hard to manage that a little more, brother, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, golfing is it's become a. Uh, very attract attractive sport for me so
0: you actually picked it up pretty recently right yeah i just picked up the clubs and got
1: out there because i know in my uh in my profession that i want to get in it requires golf so it requires golf yeah because i want to get into fundraising with donors so that's how you make deals and things on a golf course so i'm just trying to start that right now and see where that goes
0: that's great well we'll, yeah we'll get into that later i didn't even i didn't even know that about you i mean Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, So before we kind of talk more about what the environment for you at Texas Tech was like and how how that happened, how that all played out, because it's no secret. One of the biggest stories for you at Texas Tech as a basketball player was the fact that you actually uh, accumulated three degrees while here (laughs) it's beyond impressive (laughs) seriously and you really really took advantage of your time here at texas tech so that's mainly what we want to talk about we want that to be the focus but before we get to that i kind of want to talk about your upbringing kind of what path you took or what path was given to you that you took advantage of to get to this point in your life like where did it kind of start things you learned along the way definitely so
1: from the day i was born i got video of me uh Always oh, being around a basketball is um, that's a sport that my da- my dad actually played football at Baylor, which is weird because mm-hmm. he put a basketball in my hand at the, yeah. at a young age, and that's pretty
0: weird. But uh, did he ever give you a reason why he wanted you to play basketball over football or? No, well
1: he he knows that football was a brutal sport, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, bas- I mean, it's easier to get in a professional way, but after with basketball, you can go overseas like what I'm trying to do now right. and things like that, so I could have a better career, and it actually paid off, so Heffy gave me that route, but right. uh, growing up, very religious, uh, my family, um, elementary, middle school, always in church and playing basketball, I never was the type to be out or out in the streets and things like that, but it, it was a tough upbringing from where I was from, which is Garland, Texas, um, it's a lot of bad things in that area, so uh I'm just glad I made it out and got to college. And after that, I tried to use every resource I could to get out of that and not go back to it. So.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, no, It's and it sounds like you certainly did. I remember we had talked previously and you would kind of mentioned the influence your grandma has on oh, yeah. you, especially from a religious perspective and trying to be that unique person. Yeah, she
1: always uh, she always told me to uh, reach out and be different. Uh, don't be like the others because for my surroundings, it was always uh, like, trouble around uh, whether it's on the streets off the streets so she always told me to be different and uh, reach always go for your goals now along the way and
0: this isn't exactly subject related but I'm just curious did did you receive flack for that growing up was that kind of hard were there like peer pressure other groups that were just like hey man you're 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 a nice cool guy like why don't you do things with us why aren't you doing all this always
1: uh I always had that influence a lot of peer pressure with me um A lot of my friends from high school, uh, they didn't make it to college, and uh, I was actually one to make it out. But it was always, hey, come drink this, come smoke this. But I I never got caught into it. My parents did a good job of teaching me peer pressure and what to expect from uh, growing up in that side of town. So luckily, they did a great job, so I commend my parents.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. That's awesome. And you had also even mentioned you, I mean, I don't know if you want this to be on the record or anything i don't know why you wouldn't but if you don't we can take it out easily but you had said uh, to me earlier that you've never actually consumed alcohol or any form of drugs or anything
1: never drank never smoked uh that, that goes along with my grandma saying be different so i found that found that niche and was like all right this is my way where i can be different and not be like everybody because it was that's what everybody was doing. So. Let me try this and not do it and see where it takes me, and uh, it paid off.
0: That's fantastic. That's great. Uh, So I looked you up, obviously, before we got together, and I was looking at the other schools that had recruited you out of high school and the the accolades that you achieved while in high school (laughs) were awesome, three-time All-Star, All-State, things things like that. That's great. I saw on the list there were some interesting schools. Uh, I want to say USC. Yes. uh, Baylor. Which, now that you mentioned that your dad played football there, that's really interesting to me that you actually <laughs> didn't go there. What do you think played into that?
1: Well, I didn't want to go there because I wanted to be different. So, me and my dad, we've been close forever. My birthday's on March 14th, he's on March 15th. So, we've always been that clo- close uh, uh, dad and son, but I wanted to stick out and not follow his path mm-hmm. and... He told me, pick any uh, any school that you want, and uh, he thought Tech was good for me also, so we chose this route, but definitely my top five was USC, San Diego, Tech, Baylor, and uh, West Virginia, coming out of high school. That's so, right. Yes, sir.
0: Oh, good. That's a- so, you, like father, like son, but not too much like father. Not too much like father. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotcha. of course. Gotcha. Okay, so then you decided to come to Texas Tech. What was the biggest selling point for you in coming here?
1: Definitely the people, the the people are so welcoming. Um, I can go on the street and talk to somebody and we'll act like we're family automatically. Um, I mean, they were just so welcoming, like when I came on my visit, it was just it felt homey. Like it felt like I belonged here and um I mean, the stadiums at the Big Twelve, everything was perfect for me, the perfect situation. So Chose the school, and luckily it benefited me in the long run. So. Absolutely. You know,
0: I couldn't agree more, actually. I'm I'm not from around here. I'm not mm-hmm. even from the state of Texas. And when I first came here over a year ago to visit, to check things out, I got the exact same feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, just to, to qualify your statement a little more, it's not limited to star athletes. Right, right. Because a lot of star athletes in a lot of different locations will get that type of treatment exactly. just by nature of being right. an athlete. But it's not the case here. Right, you know? that's right. This is this is a real college town that's what i love about
1: it um i mean it's not a big city in my eyes because i'm from uh, the dallas area but it's big enough where i can stay out of trouble get my things done stay in school and because texas tech is the biggest program here like a couple of people told me this is their NBA, nba nfl because that's what the little kids look up to so i love it
0: absolutely that's a really interesting point you bring up right that's that's how important Texas mm-hmm. Tech University is to Lubbock, right, you know, and right. things like in bigger cities that can be overshadowed. And I, I think we see that mm-hmm. time to time. So you're at Texas Tech. You decided to come here. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you, throughout your career at Texas Tech, had gone through four different coaches.
1: Four different coaches.
0: So what was that like, playing basketball, uh, being recruited by one coach, thinking that happens, Some whatever, life happens. Disagreements happen. I lost that coach. It's okay. I got another one. But then that coach, something happened there. And then, bam, bam, end up with Tubby Smith in your fourth.
1: Man, it, it was, it, it was, it was, it hit me mentally because definitely I came in thinking I was going to play on the coach, uh, Pat Knight and Chris Beard, which is here now. He's the one that right. recruited me out of high school. And I was like, all right, perfect situation. Then they left. Then uh, Billy Gillespie came and, uh, That didn't work out. Chris Walker, Dan Tubby, I think um, that helped me out mentally, knowing that I committed to the school instead of coaches because that's what a lot of recruits these days, like they commit to the coach, and if the coach leaves, now what? So I'm glad I committed to Lubbock, Texas, and Texas Tech because that really helped me out. And I think, uh, I mean, it it just helped me out so much.
0: Absolutely. I, I think that's a big statement, too, that there's kind of an inherent culture here that isn't that no coach can really tamper with right
1: so
0: maybe unique to Texas Tech maybe not but either way Texas Tech has that x-factor that is very appealing to athletes it sounds like uh and you sound you talked about the mental toll I can only imagine plus you ultimately spent six years here right five five Five. excuse me I I noticed a a red shirt freshman year due to an injury yes
1: sir I broke my foot my freshman year um and that was actually the best thing that happened to me, cause that's helped me get another degree and yeah. helped me get another season under my belt. And so I just learned a lot that freshman year, learned how college basketball was. Uh, it didn't, it threw me in the fire, and I got to observe different things and different techniques from coaching statuses, from players. So that first year really uh, helped me grow up and grow up to be a basketball player and a student athlete.
0: Definitely. All right. And that's even, wow, that even speaks more to that. Your plight is just amazing. The five years at, at one university, three degrees. <laughs> that doesn't add up mathematically.
1: So, so what happened? Everybody asked me, how did you do that? So my freshman year, I, uh, since I broke my foot, I wasn't playing. Uh, my academic advisor was like, take advantage of it. And I didn't know what it meant. I just wanted to come play basketball. I didn't care about academics too much to where I wanted to I just wanted to get my degree and get out.
0: So initially so, when you first came to Texas Tech, you really didn't have this in mind?
1: I definitely didn't. I had four years get my degree and then move on, but then I broke my foot, then I started taking eighteen hours a semester. Wow. Uh, then after that while I was playing basketball, sophomore junior, and senior year, I was also taking eighteen to to get uh stay busy, um, keep myself focused and not worry about distraction and anything like that so when i took that got my first undergrad in three years then uh two one year one and a half year programs which uh for masters so they helped me out
0: yeah absolutely that's that's great and (laughs) and you talk about your academic advisor uh we actually had felicia martin on a podcast earlier and uh she kind of explained her role as a athletic director and Mm -hmm. she's really kind of the academic advisor like overall academic advisor, I guess, for student-athletes? Yes. Uh, what's your interaction with Felicia Martin? She's like? uh,
1: she's my mom away from my house, actually. If uh, you ever talk to her, she'll say, I'm her son or I'm a partner in Crown because we've been close ever since I came here. Um, she's so important to us student-athletes academically and uh, to keep us eligible, to keep us focused on academics because, like I said, some student-athletes coming here just to play their sport and forget about academics. And she's the one that keeps us level-headed and things like that.
0: Great. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Oh, yeah. Talking with Felicia, that she's so great.
1: Man, she's wonderful. She she kept me focused. So.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not. Trust me, she'll tell you. It's a lot of stories.
0: So. That's fun. Dang, man. man I wish we, we got to have her back now. We got to have her back and get some of these stories out yeah. of there. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so that's really kind of what we want to hit on more than anything to be honest. We want to talk about the academic pursuits and you made it clear you did not come to Texas Tech to get those three degrees. That right. was never in the plan or even get two degrees. you just right. wanted but you did want one degree. I did want just a bachelor's yes. that that was like that was a goal no matter what That
1: was it because uh well, yeah, that was it because I mean everybody in my family has bachelor's degrees, but nobody has a master's in. When my academic when Miss Felicia told me you can get a masters, that that woke me up and said, Okay, I can be the first in my family. So that that she pushed me to do that and pursue that.
0: Wow. First in your family to get a master's degree, first in your family to get two master's (laughs) degrees. Uh, so how how did time management plan into all of that? I mean, we we hear these stories of what it's like to be a college athlete and and how great it can be in some aspects, but really one of the untold stories is day-to-day how they're managing their time because even in the off season a lot of crazy things are happening but specifically during the season it's very regimented if i'm not mistaken it's you're going you're waking up for practice and i and i, and I want to hear that like okay. hour of the day when are you waking up what what's a typical schedule like
1: so a day uh during season we'll get up at 6 a.m weights uh 6 to about 8 8 to 12 is uh classes and then you have lunch with, with all athletes at 12 then from one to three or one to two, you have uh, one, uh, even more classes or study hall, because every time that you don't have a class, you have to go to study hall, and that's so important. Then about three to six is uh, practice and team dinner at seven. And is that every day? That's every day. Team dinner? Team dinner every day. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that that's because <laughs> sometimes, uh, but it just start happening after Shabbat. And they start saying we're hungry, so. Uh, so is that is that an actual NCAA rule now? Yes, yeah, so we they they can feed us. They can wow. they, they I'm glad he said this
0: <laughs> Cause yeah, like, be, if Shabazz didn't say anything, yeah, I was about to say something. Because
1: yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, we were hungry, I can say that. But uh,
0: so that's legit. You that It's really legit, and
1: now we get meals after every practice, every game, um, lunch during the day. So we really. Don't have to buy food anymore. We have all the resources we need, and it's been very helpful to keep our nutrition right.
0: That's fascinating. And does do they really—are they careful about the type of food they're feeding you as well? Yeah, they definitely
1: are. Uh, they don't feed us too much. Like, it's, it's no junk food. It's literally, like, it's good vegetables, and it's it's great food, and I mean— that's how we keep our weight, or lose, or gain weight. Yeah, so
0: like high protein, high pro- a
1: lot of stuff. It's yeah. a lot of different variety of things, and depending yeah. on your weight, or if you're trying to lose or gain, that's what they feed us. So
0: it's interesting. Now, maybe you can't answer this, but do you have any idea where the that how that's gotten funded? Because obviously, that's going to be an influx of money.
1: Yeah, I I really think that the NCAA starting to give money back like more money back because at first I think they were just holding on to it but now they're um they're paying student athletes a little more than what they used to and giving them stipend checks that really helped them out so
0: well the you know the first episode we actually released we just released uh recently was uh dr Brian Shannon I don't oh, know if yeah. you know him oh, you know yeah. Brian Shannon? Wow. yeah a, exactly mm-hmm. he's the far he's the faculty athletics rep for Texas Tech which that I mean, that's a big deal. They they make yes. a lot of the decisions that the NCAA has to abide by. Right. And we specifically cited that the NCAA started to give there was this new uh almost like a bill. I mean, I don't know specifically what it's called, but that I think it was sixty-five million dollars that were dispersed across all NCAA institutions, and that was specific for funds that were kind of like an emergency situation. Right,
1: exactly.
0: That was a few years ago. So I imagine they voted on something like this mm-hmm. too, where they're like, well, here's Shabazz Napier, star player, saying he's going to bed hungry at night. I mean, that just can't happen. And so we right. vote on that, too. That probably created more funds from the NCAA, which is great. Yeah, that's, that's right. wonderful. Yeah. So interesting. Very interesting. Uh, what was your favorite meal, then?
1: My favorite meal? Uh, so before every game night, we'll go to this... Uh, have you heard of Blue Sky? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that oh, yeah. burger are so good. <laughs> yeah. So we'll actually eat that before... Like, we could choose, but that was always my favorite. Blue Sky. What you get from Blue Sky? I always got the bacon cheeseburger. Okay, it, it's so juicy and good. You so. don't get around. Yeah. No, you it, don't
0: kid around when it comes yeah, to Blue Sky.
1: It, man, it's, it's really good. So I advise
0: anybody listening to go to Blue Sky. So. Look at that. And wait, hold on. Blue Sky's not paying yet. No, no, they're not paying me. <laughs> <laughs> they may need to pay
1: me now, but uh, yeah, Blue That's Sky. That's actually true.
0: Maybe we shouldn't release this until you get a deal with Blue Sky. Yeah, so. There you go. And hey, don't forget about me in the process. Oh, yeah, anyway, I, got I got you. <laughs> I got you. You heard it first. All right, I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, okay, so... Time management is obviously a big issue as a student-athlete. I mean, you're booked from day to day. If you're not in class, you're in study hall. Mm -hmm. So what what were the transitions like from waking up early in the morning to go lift weights, then go to class, then team meetings, then going to study hall, then back to class, then practice? I think the toughest one was the after-practice time where –
1: because usually from 7 to 9, that's when you can get all your homework done or, like, from uh, the day. Because even if you have that study hall, you're working on the day before. So, that 7 to 9 period, you're so tired, but you have to get it done. And um, it takes a lot of mental health because physically you're so exhausted that, I mean, you just want to go to lay down. Because, you know, you have to wake up at 6 the next morning. But sometimes you get 3 to 4 hours of sleep because you have to finish homework. So right. I mean, it plays a toll, but it's definitely worth it at the end.
0: So seven to nine—that's actually that's like a, a time frame they give you. Like they say, from seven to nine, you have to do the homework, or is that just kind of they say try and be in bed by nine?
1: No, uh, that's definitely a time where they're done with it. so we're we're free. We can do anything we want. We want, but uh, they advise us that <clears throat> that's when we should do a homework so we won't get behind on the next day or things like that because. Especially in summer school. Summer school is every day where it's not Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like on a regular school year. So you have to take care of that.
0: Okay. So you, what the unique perspective you bring specifically now is that you've graduated mm-hmm. and you've, you're have you not part of this schedule anymore. You they, they don't need to worry about you. You're fine. Right. Has that made life easier for you, harder?
1: It makes it easier and harder because I've been on a schedule – for my whole life, like a busy schedule. now I have things to do, like I have time on my hand, which is weird. So I actually went out and got a job because I need to do something at the university career center. So I can just help people with resumes or mock interviews, anything to help them with their career. So I do that from eight to 12. And after that, I go work out with the team. Where I just came from, and which just, is pretty standard for right. former players, right? Right, because uh, they get ready for either their professional career or just to stay in shape. So yeah. that's what I've been doing the whole time, and
0: it's been working out. Yeah, I mean, I tried to work out with the team, and I was like, "Come on, guys, I can keep up." It's like, "Hey, please, oh yeah, do us a favor and get out of here." Yeah. <laughs> um, a big question too. So, student athletes. Crazy busy during the day. There's no secret. Exhausted. How does personal life how do you how do you manage that? Because I gotta say, when I Googled your name, I mean, and I already know you, and and we've had a lot a lot of conversations, which have been awesome. But it was funny kind of Googling you because I'm seeing like, oh, Todd Go- Gocher's thoughts on Tubby Smith leaving and/or like him as, as a coach for the Texas Tech University, which we're all positive. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the top links. And then the next like nine links which is like as far as I got just kind of looking through stuff because I already knew pretty yeah. good information we're all on your engagement yeah. all on your proposal to your girlfriend which yeah. happened after a big game yeah and take us through that I, I got to hear this whole story and your your thought process and everything
1: all right so the proposal was it was it was a lot it came out of me so I've been planning it for six months so sh- I haven't told anybody, not one soul. So
0: and this this happened in March. if this, I'm not thinking right. Yes, the proposal happened in March, but so I've you're been, thinking in September. I was
1: planning in September. Look at that. Like if we make if we're good enough, we mm-hmm. I'm doing it. Right. So um, I've been planning since got the ring like in September. So I've been holding it, hiding it uh, from her, and she never <laughs> she didn't have one clue about it. And what was your favorite hiding spot for the ring? My hiding spot was. Um, it was in a bag, and, like, a, I had polo shirts in it. Like, a polo shirt, if you go to a you can buy that. It was under that, and nobody looks in that. So <laughs> that's I uh, put it in there, and she had never looked there, because why would she need one of my polo shirts? Yeah, so man, that's, she, that's she's smart. not about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the process, um, the day of the game, I told my whole team, uh, which was, Scary because I thought they was gonna leak it out or something right. like that. So we played the game. I said we have to win tonight because <laughs> if, if we don't win,
0: it's not happening. So <laughs> like you weren't gonna propose her if you didn't win. I wasn't. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, gonna, eventually, but not. I that was night. gonna wait
1: till her graduation if yeah. we didn't win, which was this past May. So right. luckily, we won. First off, we had a bad start of that game. We was like down. 18 to 6 and I was like, oh man, it's not happening. That was my whole thought during the game. <laughs> I was like, it's not happening. So it's amazing. So it happened and um I mean, after the game, everybody knew. So my dad was there. He pulled her, uh, told her to come on the court. And uh he he said it was my senior day. He was he told her, uh, Taji wants to take pictures with you. To just to get on the court and not think of nothing weird, right? So I did that, got the mic, act like I was addressing the crowd. Then I oh I that's asked perfect. It, so.
0: She was uh, there's a video clip of it. There's plenty of oh, pictures. Yeah. She was she was wearing like a nice dress. Yeah, cause uh, cause senior night. Yeah, cause okay, senior night. gotcha. Yeah, so
1: it was the perfect ending.
0: You know, retroactively, this is actually an amazing insight to watching. your I, like, want to watch game footage now. <laughs> I want to I want to see body language. I want to see how ticked off you are at 18, down 18-6, and you're just like, this ain't happening. Like, I may yeah. never get married now. I don't even yeah, know. Seriously, <laughs> that,
1: that was my thought process. I, w- I, I was thinking of the game, but I was like, we have to win this game in order for it to happen. So my body language was probably bad. So.
0: <laughs> I remember one specific moment, too, where I was like, holy cow. Like, this is where I was like, I know that guy. Like, I'm proud <laughs> to know that That guy. Before then, this never happened. I was Mm -hmm. like, Yeah, whatever. He's all right. (laughs) I'm just kidding, man. But it's uh, the ball's going like the ball's going out of bounds. Mm -hmm. It was off of a deflection from a teammate, and this ball's headed out other baseline. I don't know how you caught this ball, but you ran after it and totally dove to grab it to throw it back in to maintain it, and your team maintained possession.
1: Yeah. I still today I watch I can watch that clip a hundred times. I don't know where
0: that came from, but it was just well I do. It I, came from that desire yeah. to get engaged that night, man. That's yeah, where I, I came guess from. that's where it came from.
1: But uh, that, that I can show that clip to my kid when I grow up and show him this is why I did it to marry your mom. Isn't <laughs> that is <not> amazing?
0: <laughs> that should be like showing, like just on loop for your reception <laughs> oh, or yeah. something like yeah. that, right? Oh yeah. Uh, and actually, so I'm glad we talked about this too, because your fiance is a track and field athlete. Mm-hmm. So how, how did you meet her through this whole process of being a student athlete and everything?
1: Yes. Actually, she's a transfer from Iowa State. Um, I'm, I was the first one to meet her when she got to campus. We was at the Marsha Sharp Center. Um, who also
0: was on a podcast with us, Marsha Sharp. Or, nice. Yeah. We See, talked to she, her. Now she's a real deal. Yeah. <laughs>
1: she's, right? she's wonderful. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we was at the Marsh Sharp Center, and I saw her, and just introduced myself casually. I mean, I was just trying to—I don't know. I thought she was attractive, so I said, mm-hmm. "Hey, hello, how, know, how you doing?" But uh, then we just started talking after that because I was probably the first person she knew from campus. So we just started talking from there. Then it grew and grew. So.
0: And you're telling your buddies, you're like, "Hey, stay away." Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Did you say dibs? I did. I said, "This is dibs on this one." So. And what yeah. what uh what year were you in college at that point?
1: I was a sophomore, well redshirt sophomore. Redshirt sophomore, so this is your yeah, third year on campus. My third year on gotcha. campus, so. Oh, so. you've known her
0: for a while then. Yeah, I'm, that's great. I've been knowing her for a while, so. Yeah. Good, good for you. Uh, talk about the Marshall Sharp Center. Kind of shifting gears here. How did the Marshall Sharp Center really come into play for you in in terms of just kind of getting it together academically and being the the best student you could be?
1: The Marshall Sharp. Uh, Center really it made me because I never had a computer in my life a printer I never had anybody to tell me what to do academically like an advisor so that that's like that's the best resource that I um, have had during my college career and I always try to tell like my teammates and other student athletes take advantage of it because it's free so not like, everyone
0: does as a college athlete? Then. No,
1: because, I mean, everybody just blows it off. But at the end, they're they're going to need it because you you need it. Like, I never had a tutor. I mean, that's helped me out so much. And just taking me uh, step by step through college. Because in high school, we used to just blow through those classes, and it was easy. But when college, i never been in a lecture. So now I know how to, what to expect in a lecture, sit in the front, and all that thing, so... Marsha Sharp uh, Center has helped me and other student uh, student athletes out so much.
0: That's great to hear. I mean, that's that's definitely something we had talked about. That was mm-hmm. that's kind of been a theme for a while. Actually, is that because we had Marsha Sharp on here, we had Felicia Martin on here. Um, uh, I don't think we talked about it too much with Dr. Brian Shannon, but mm-hmm. Felicia Martin and uh, Marsha Sharp. That was that was, we wanted to oh, yeah. emphasize that, and that's kind of. That's a unique aspect of Texas Tech.
1: It really is. Um, I definitely, I think that's the best thing that I've seen and that I've been through at Tech because that I was in there more than, like, almost equal to I was in the gym. So I loved
0: it. Wow, that's impressive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and that's something uh, I think makes Texas Tech a special place for all student athletes is that it's really, they may make it clear they do not, it's kind of the anti-Kentucky, anti-Calipari yeah. stance. And I don't mean to, you know, shoot any or uh, <laughs> fire any shots their yeah. way or anything like that. Because clearly, if their goal is to win championships, well, they're doing great right. at that. But right. the goal here at Texas Tech is clearly academic oriented. Right, exactly. And we see that a lot with our athletes. Mm-hmm. There, there aren't a whole lot that leave early.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And that's great. And the Marshall Sharp Center really helps facilitate all of that. That's great. So, I kind of want to rapid fire some questions at you. Kind of see just a little bit more into your, not personal life, but more just kind of like your hobbies, interests, things like that. All right. What is your favorite sports quote, if you have one? My favorite
1: sports quote is, uh, hard work v. talent when talent doesn't work hard. Who said that? I think it was Michael Jordan. I think there's so many names under that quote, but that's the one I always see it says Michael Jordan. Yeah,
0: because 'cause I've definitely heard that before. That could be that could be MJ. I'm not positive, but it could yeah. be. That's yeah, an, I, either I way it should be, right? Right. It should be. He <laughs> had worked, in junior
1: year they didn't make the team varsity team, so yeah.
0: Exactly, right. Yeah. Yep. The the hard work. Uh, beats talent when talent doesn't work. Hard. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great quote. So who's your sports hero mentor who, who Who Fits that category for you and if there if there's more than one by all means, please
1: I say Kevin Durant is Definitely my mentor even though I don't play anything like him, but he's just so humble and and not cocky at all He knows he's a superstar, but he's just down to earth gives back to the community all the time and actually went to okay game probably a month ago or a month and a half ago and I se- I seen him I couldn't talk to him but I talked to Russell Westbrook but I couldn't talk to KD because it's a rule out there I guess but yeah like oh, so uh, Westbrook agent uh, Westbrook flew me out there so if he flies you out particularly you can only talk to Westbrook
0: so. so wait why hold on a second why did why did Russell Westbrook fly, fly you out to Oklahoma City for a game well
1: I he actually didn't fly I drove there but uh because I know his people my AU coach know a lot of his people so awesome uh, yeah they gave so me like, and my fiance some tickets and she uh they gave us backstage
0: passes that's awesome so what oh, yeah. wh- what was he like
1: oh man he he's Two total different people. On the court, he's, like, the yelling and, you know, he's Mm -hmm. aggressive. But off the court, soft-spoken, like, it was weird. Cool guy down to earth, so. Stylish? Stylish. He, oh, he, when I I got a picture with him and he's wearing some crazy stuff. I
0: bet. Yeah. I bet. Uh KD, though, I like that you bring that up because I think that's a pretty underrated aspect of who he is, actually. it's I honestly think he might be one of the best teammates in the NBA. Oh, yeah.
1: I do, too. Uh, I'm a little nervous right now that he may leave OKC, but other than True. that, he, he shakes everybody's hand. He has a handshake with everybody, almost like LeBron. And, I mean, he's just a great guy all
0: around. Yeah. This so you had mentioned how your game doesn't you don't model your game after Kevin Durant you know newsflash right? right I'm not sure if there's anyone that does maybe Dirk he might yeah, come closest maybe, yeah. right but you're six four you're kind of shooting guard small forward type uh, I wanted to ask you that who do you model your game after the most and if you, I have somebody in mind actually Uh-oh. but I, I want you to say first
1: so I model my game after. Uh... I like Chauncey Billups. Um, oh, interesting! It's a big shot.
0: Would not have come up with that. Yeah, I I
1: I love that guy. The way he carries himself, the way he played at Colorado in um, in the league. Um, Even
0: the fact that he's a point guard, though. Like, yeah.
1: Well, I'm actually I'm actually a combo point guard shooting guard because when I go overseas, I have to play point guard. So okay, I could see that. That yeah, makes sense. So I, um, he always makes big threes and. That's why he got the name Mr. Big Shot. So I love how he just plays.
0: I I was watching a clip of you today. Actually, you did make a you had a very good point guard moment. I think it was against Iowa State. <laughs> Do you know what I'm referring yeah, to? Yeah, I know exactly. You had the steal, and you're driving down. You had the lane. Yeah. You like reached the other your your side's free throw line. No one's coming after you. Yeah. And you stop, toss it to your teammate who's coming down, and bam, he throws <laughs> it down. <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm just like. All right. <laughs> okay. That's a, pr- that's a pretty good insight into your nature of oh, basketball. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. So I can see Chauncey Billups. In that regard, honestly, I would never have guessed Chauncey Billups. Is there anybody else that you think you model your game after a little? Uh, I'm not sure. It's a lot of guys that I want
1: to be, but... Like, I like Ray Allen. Like, I love to shoot like Ray Allen. That's what I'm trying to develop my game to. But I'm curious
0: to see who you're talking about. With point guard in mind, Chauncey Billups actually makes a lot of sense. I I feel like your style actually does kind of line up with him. Mm -hmm. With point guard in mind. I wasn't thinking that. With how you played your role at Texas Tech this year, I would have said, because you were kind of the one that was like, you're kind of a jack of all trades. You were the one crashing. You were the one slashing, making passes, hitting threes when you (laughs) needed to hit them. I would have said Andre Iguodala. I like that one. I, I do, because
1: I can see – a lot of people say I look like him, too, so that's actually funny you say that. I know he yeah. – but uh, Iguodala, he does – man, that, he that's does a work. Good, yeah, that's a good comparison. I wish I had his size. Like, he's like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, but yeah. that's a great – he's a champion, so – Yeah.
0: Oh, and the defense. Oh, yeah. And that's another oh, thing, yeah. too, that he, reminded me of that. that. Both great defenders. Yeah,
1: that's a, that's a great point. I I heard that a lot. So
0: yeah, no, I I, I that Iguodal is actually my favorite warrior. Nice, and, and nice. I just I love watching him play. Yeah. He just he's everywhere. Yeah, he's, he's a nonstop type of player. you yeah. know, and he's just crazy athletic, and it's nice to see his game evolve like that too. When he got to Golden State, as opposed to when right. he was on. Philadelphia and Philly. Denver, because mm-hmm. he was supposed to be the guy there, and it yeah. wasn't really his role. That's not his.
1: yeah exactly. And
0: now he's coming off the bench, at Golden State, and they're winning championships. Because exactly. Of the base, so
1: that's a good point you brought
0: up. So there you go. There you go. Nice. And you nice. can take that one with yeah, you. I huh? can. I will. I will. <laughs> uh, what would be your advice? To actually, you know what? Before we get to this one, I want to I want to kind of stay on what we were talking about. Who's the best player you've played against? And you, I mean, in the Big Twelve, like they. There is every not night. a lack of amazing players that come yeah. to this conference. I say
1: every night is a it's a dog fight. I say I have two actually, uh uh Andrew Wiggins is one played at Kansas and Buddy Hill obviously this mm-hmm. past year. Um, them do them two guys can score the ball easily and they're like you have to stay in a stance and like Stay involved all game. It's no lacking out. So one wanted the two.
0: You actually guarded Buddy Heel yeah. too. So I mean that like that really for sure. That's oh, wow. Yeah. That's some insight for sure. Yeah. But Wiggins probably not so much. I mean Yeah, I, I guarded him a little bit, but not too much. Maybe like on switches and yeah, stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. So Well, that's that's interesting. So those two and they're fairly recent players too. Yeah. So great. Okay. Um All right. So moving on then to what I wanted to ask you earlier. What advice would you give to incoming college athletes? And why don't we make it Texas Tech oriented and then generalize it?
1: Okay, to Texas Tech, I'll say, definitely take advantage of the resources that you have here because not only athletically, but in the um, in the community because there's a lot of connections you can make, networking-wise, um, and that's where I think that's how I got to where I am now because just making those connections here and there with either professors or um, oil people from Midland or things like that. I mean, it's so many people you can connect with. And around the world, i say, like I said before, commit to the school because coaches, this is a business that we just found out uh, this fashion. Like, this is definitely a business. And, um, like, just, just commit to the school and love the school first, then develop a relationship with the coaches.
0: Okay, great. Um, so, along those lines, then, with uh, you kind of mentioning, like, the oil industry mm-hmm. out here, right? Like, that's a Texas Tech thing. Like, if you're at all interested in agriculture, right. uh, petroleum engineering mm-hmm. or anything like that, definitely come to Texas Tech. Oh, and yeah. That's, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was your major as an undergrad?
1: Exercise and sports science was my major as undergrad.
0: So with that in mind, what were you thinking
1: after that? I was thinking strictly coach. Um, I just want to, like my dad is a coach, so I just want to coach. But actually, don't want to coach no more, which is funny. Uh, so I want to either be, I got my first master's in sports management. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about those too. And um, that's where I wanted to go with that Um I like managing. I can manage a team, but I definitely want to get in fundraising. And that's why I chose media and communications as my second master's, so I can understand build a relationships through communication and things like that. But at one point in my life, I always wanted to be a sportscaster. Like after I play, V the Charles Barkley or the Shaq, <laughs> making go. jokes. Yeah,
0: uh, right. That's the life on TNT and things like that. That's definitely a goal. Well, send them this podcast sometime, man. I'd like oh, to yeah. go on your resume, right? I, I, I will. I <laughs> you will. can spitball with the best <laughs> of them. Uh, end game in mind, you're you've made it very clear you're thinking more along the lines Europe. You've declared yourself to the to the draft officially mm-hmm. yeah. recently, yeah. just a couple weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe even just last week, actually, and you're thinking Europe. Yes. and that's great right that's that's awesome there's a lot of success stories that go come out of europe from former college athletes in, in the united states how about after that like what what's your goal you, you want to spend this much time in europe and then and then what do you want to do
1: right so um i want to spend about five to five to eight years more if it's possible uh overseas in europe and um after that i want to get into fundraising right away fundraising for athletics and bringing money to universities, because my end goal is to be an AD. At the, that's the end goal, the ultimate goal. And just moving my way up from fundraising because that's the fastest way to be an AD nowadays. And fundraising is a, a big thing that everybody needs now. So that's a field I definitely wanna be in.
0: That makes a lot of sense, fundraising, oh, yeah. right? Because the they make a rule, right, for state uh, institutions the coach's salary can't come from like government money right
1: exactly it's got
0: to come from fundraisers Mm -hmm. like from donors
1: exactly so
0: so that and that makes a lot of sense with your degrees in mind that's great so how mm -hmm. do you think those degrees have helped you kind of establish that future path once you're done with basketball
1: so actually my degrees uh so master programs is really hands-on which i love um that's really helped me out get out in community more and put my skills to work. you can see where I fit in and fit out Uh, I did a lot of internships uh, because that requires it so I did internships with the athletic department Um, I'm working for the career center now just uh, get in the office and see how that is so I'm just uh, I have a plan year by year and just to see where it takes me to develop me for when I come back from Europe so that's great
0: honestly as you say this I I can't help but think that that's very much in the cards Oh yeah, for you athletic director that path because oh, so. oh, there's yeah. so many former athletes that weren't like the weren't the most famous athletes mm-hmm. weren't, weren't weren't the most well-known. There are so many ADs right now that had experience and mm-hmm. that's all that mattered. They had the experience and they they played a great 4 years. Some of them maybe went across seas. Right. Some of them played in developmental leagues and then they came back and it's almost like the anecdotal experience Mm -hmm. from kind of watching from a different perspective is really what helped pave the way for like an athletic director type of position.
1: Yes. And, uh, speaking with our athletic director a lot, he's a mentor to me, Kirby Holcutt. He's, I mean, he's a guy that really attends to the student athletes. Like usually at other schools, you don't see the athletic director a lot because he's doing this, but he's always around us and asking, what do we need? And, Trying to always help us out, so I love it.
0: Great. We well, you got to talk to Kirby Holcutt now and get him. Oh yeah. Oh, if you get that, tell him to get him on a podcast. Yeah, I I try to recruit him over here. (laughs) Yeah, man, that would be great. Todrick, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Oh man, I appreciate you having me. This has been awesome having you on. This has been this has been a blast for me. I mean, this is like I can't believe I can't believe this is just like part of the show. Like I just (laughs) like it's I would I would do this on my own free time man nah, i appreciate you man we have to get on the golf course <laughs> right yeah i'll be i'll be back i'll all be right. back and then we'll hit the links again all right all right thanks so much tondra Thanks. you